My friends, here we are again back to the book of St. John's Gospel, chapter 6. We're back with the miracle that Jesus performed on the mountain among the disciples and among the multitudes of people that were there. So we want to continue this portion of what took place so that we can allow the Lord to speak to our hearts. We stopped where Jesus lifted up his eyes. That's one of the things that we noticed how Christ took the crowd and the crowd that attended him. Jesus lifted up his eyes, saw a great multitude that attended him. Now, in this multitude, my friend, they were poor, mean, ordinary people. This group of people is a reflection of such a remote part of the country. You know the country was up around the Sea of Galilee, Tiberias, same name. And that is a remote part of Galilee. It's a, this place is situated far from the main centers of the population. So you can imagine being out so far losing a lot of privilege and access to things because you're in that remote area. And that's the kind of people that are there along with those who followed Jesus. Although they were of such, they were a reflection of the country where they live. My friends, yet Christ showed himself very pleased with the attendants, and he was concerned with their welfare. See, it's not those who can come and put, shove something on you to make you feel good and impress you with what they're doing and how they show up to where you are. It is the faithful ones, the ones that tell themselves, no matter what I have or I don't have, I'm going to follow Jesus. And Christ is looking for that type of faithfulness today with those who will say nothing at all. Sometimes you wish to have everything that you want, but you don't have it. You can't get it or you, you don't have it anyway. And you're still following Christ. They were poor, mean, and ordinary people didn't have it in abundance like others, yet they find themselves to follow Christ. And Christ took time out to listen to their concerns. Although they could have a lot of things to complain about, but they decided to put all the complaints aside and they were going to be faithful unto the very end. Christ showed himself very pleased with this attendance, and he listened to their welfare. Listen to me, my friends. Here's what this teaches us. This teaches us that we must con condescend with those who are of low estate. Because many, many people today think that they're higher and above others. You may own half of the world. You may own 
properties, you may own banks, you may have money flowing all over the place, and somebody may not even own a dime. All they're probably living on is one little steady paycheck, and it's not even enough to do all the things that they want to do, but they're living. Sometimes you find those people, even though they don't have the excess, they are very content. What makes them content is because deep in their heart, they are at peace with God. Let me say to you this morning that many people who have all these riches and extra, extra, half of them are not happy. The money doesn't make you happy. The property doesn't make you happy. Having everything that you can think and press button to get everything and and don't need to live beyond privileges, my friends, that doesn't necessarily make you happy. What mankind needs, what you need, is a settled peace with your Savior in spite of what you don't have because you may have it all around you. But let me ask you a question. What do you have inside of you? What's, what is it that makes you steadfast, unmovable, and always abound in the work of the Lord? What is it that makes you settle strong when the troubles are around you? What is it that makes you anchor very strong when everything around you is in turmoil? What is it? The only thing that can do that is when you have your mind fixed on God, you will have a peace, a settled peace with him. And nothing that comes your way on the outside will be able to disturb your peace. You will sing the song, I have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fastened to the rock, cannot move. Grounded, firm and sure and safe in the Savior's love. And let me take one more step to tell you this. You who think that you have and the other person don't have and you're better than this other person. Every last person in death ends up one place. Dust to dust, ashes to ashes. So we have here on earth, we must share. And we must never think that we are above somebody because we have the edge over them. That's what it teaches us. Learn to condescend with others. Learn to understand that at the snap of a finger, you can go away from everything that you have. Those people who may have and those who don't have, my friends, you once you are you saved, you are the Lamb of God's flock. And for you who are not saved, keep in mind, my friends, don't write them off. Because you know where you were before you got saved. Where you were, perhaps those same people are there. But just as you got into the love of Christ, they can come in. And one day, they will come in. You were just a step away from salvation. They are just a step away 
from salvation also. So the souls of the poor and the souls of the rich, but especially the poor, my friends, that you may write off and think they have nothing to do with Christ. The souls of the poor are precious to Christ and should be so to you just as the rich is. How you see the rich is how you're supposed to see them. Not on the external, because of course the rich will have more things external than them. But their spirit, their spirit is what you should look at. And that is what Jesus looks at. Not what is around you, but the heart. So let's notice something else that Christ did. We notice how he inquired, the inquiry Christ made concerning the way of providing for the multitude. Many people wouldn't do that. They'll just, they don't have a program. They don't have a design. They just go with anything works in the name of the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit of order, not random, not chaos, not confusion. God makes sure that everything he designed and everything that he is, he, it is, he is of order. Now, Christ directed himself to Philip. Philip was long time with him because Philip was in the very beginning with Peter and Andrew. And Christ directed this question, uh, directed himself to, to Philip. When he asked Philip, when shall we buy bread? You would think that Philip, who has been long with Christ, would have a much different answer than what he gave to Christ. But he directed this first. Because Philip have seen his miracles and Philip have seen especially Jesus turning water into wine. So you expect that Philip's answer would be a different answer than what he gave to Christ. And Christ expected a different answer than Philip gave to him. See, my friends, when you get to know him, you have an answer because you have an experience. If you don't know him, when somebody asks you about Christ, you can't say anything because you don't have the experience. But as much as you get to know him is as much of the answer that you will give. If you just know Christ as your savior and that's it, that's the answer you're going to give to someone. But if you know Christ more than just your savior, your healer, your provider, your source, your strength, your coverage, your security, your, your captain of the battle. If you know him as your peace, you know him as your refuge, my friends, you will have more than enough answers when someone asks you something about him because you know him. You had the experience not just not only did you just read about him in the bible but some of you had the experiences a lot of experiences that you can share with others who ask questions about him 
So Jesus asked Philip the question because Philip was with him. Philip noticed that Philip knew about the water that was turned into wine. So Jesus is expecting a better answer than that from Philip. And Philip should have been able to give a better answer. The answer that Philip gives is, Lord, if thou will, it is easy for thee to feed them all. If thou will, if thou will. Now he knows Christ could do it, but he said, if thou will. He knows that Christ could do it. If you can, in other words, he said, if you can, you can. I don't know. That is inexcusable. Because for those of us who have a witness to the providing power of God, He provides for you in your wilderness, and He provides to you for you in your desert. You should not have no questions about if you will. You know He can do it. That's what Philip did. God knows exactly where you are. God can do it. God can make it happen. Because God is a big God and a providing God. Powerful, omnipresent, omniscient God. But if you're going to guess him out, my friends, you're not standing on faith. You're just saying, I guess so. Philip didn't talk like he was very assured of what Christ was doing and who Christ is. He talks like a maybe man. Maybe it will happen. You know how many Christians out there who cannot walk by faith or talk by faith, they hear something they said, maybe. Maybe. Here's the question. Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Well, why did Jesus ask such a question? The answer is, Christ wanted to eat with the crowd, my friends. If he didn't want to eat the crowd with the crowd and share with them, he would have never asked Philip that question. But the fact that he asked it, he wants to share with the crowd. One would feel that after Christ taught the crowd, and heal them that would or wanted to be healed or should be healed. And one would probably say, that's it. No, sir. When he asked Philip that, he meant that he wanted to share with the crowd. Because he could have just teach the crowd, heal the people that needed to be healed, and take off. But that's not Christ. When you minister the word to people, there's something else that you need to do. I am not saying that every time you can do that, and to everyone you can do that too. But there's something else that we refuse to do. People have needs. Can we help them in any way? You may not be able to help them with everything, but ask another question. How can I help you with anything? Because you see their needs to preach the word to them and walk away, and that's it. That's not enough. Look at the example of Jesus. Sat on a mountain, taught them, healed them, 
And then he asks a question. Where shall we buy bread? That means I want to sit with you. I want to share with you. I want to eat you with you. That's the, the question. Christ want to eat with the crowd. Many of you today that are in some situations that you have no business in, you need to come out because Christ wants to sit down and eat with you. Well, perhaps some of the rich people that were there would say, listen, he ministered to us and they had it in mind that Jesus and his disciples are poor people. So the rich people would say, okay, we're going to try to give him something, maybe a stipend, a gift or something. But instead, Christ turned it around. Maybe it's in your mind that you want to do something for me and my disciples. But instead, I want to sit with you after feeding your souls with my word, the bread of life. I want to feed your bodies with the food that is convenient. My friends, have you ever stopped to consider sometimes that people don't just want to hear you bring something, the word of God to them, but they would like you to give them something. And it's only sometime out of shame that they don't ask you if you can give. But you think of it. They always say that you can, when you feed a hungry man, he will listen to you. My friends, you get, need to stop sometime because many of us will go and we'll just give the word and we'll walk away. But people have needs. And some of you have in your pocket, some of you have in your house, some of you have in your little storage, something more and something that somebody else wants. You have an excess of it, but you decide that you're going to keep it to yourself. We must share. Just like we share the word of Jesus Christ to others, we share the word. We must share out of our pockets. We must share out of our storage, whatever we have. We must not be afraid to just help others that are in need. That's a part of the Christian walk. You can't walk away and watch the poor and decide that you're going to just turn your head the other way and don't help. Jesus shows us an example here. I feed you with the bread of life. Now I'm ready to feed you with food that is convenient to your bodies. Isn't that the example that Christ expects of us? He expects us to do that. And he expects us not to run by and leave it at the side. Because people are waiting to see more than just the word of God that is delivered. He also tried to encourage them and to pray for them. That's why he wanted to sit, sit with them. He also wanted to encourage them that when you need your daily bread, you can't get it from anybody else but me. Have compassion on the poor. That's what Christ is saying. 
Listen to what James 2.15 said. If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye have them, not those things which are needed to the bodies, what doth it profit? In other words, you can't look at them, you can't see them in need, at least you shouldn't, and walk away and leave them there. We must share. So Christ inquire of the crowd, inquire of Peter, inquire of Philip, and with all the disciples looking at him and the multitude, he looked at how he's going to provide for these multitudes that are sitting there, including his disciples. Now, friends, that design of this inquiry was only when he asked Philip that. It was only to try the faith of Philip because Christ himself knew what he would do. Listen, the Lord is never short or never lost. Never lost in anything that he wants. He never lose counsel and he never lose plans. He knew exactly what he wanted to do, but he wanted to test Philip's faith. He wanted to see what this man who's been following me for all these, these months are like, is like. What is he? Is he a faithful believer or is he just going with the flow? Does he have faith in me? Does he trust me? No matter how difficult the case is, my friends, God knows what he has to do and what course he will take to fix the problem. It is impossible for some of you, as you say, I can't make it happen. It's not going to be. I don't see how this is going to happen. But my friends, God knows exactly what course to take with your, with your circumstances. He knows exactly where and how to fix it and when to fix it. You may be in a situation saying, it's just downright too difficult. I don't even believe it's going to happen anymore. That's your time, my friend, and that's your belief. God knows when, and he will fix it in due time. He'll validate your, your case, and he'll fix it. Acts chapter 15, verse 18 said, Known unto God are all the works from the beginning of the world. Nothing at all that he doesn't see. You may think that is hidden, but God sees. And Jeremiah said, in case you're there, my friends, and you're wondering, does that include me? But what about me? You think God really understands anything about me? You think he sees me? Here's what Jeremiah 29, 11 said. For I know thy thoughts, the thoughts that I think towards you said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. You may have closed down. You may say that's it. But Christ say, that's not it. When you reach the end of your hoarded resources, listen, my friends, my father's love, your father's love and forgiveness have only begun. He just started. And so if you got to that point where you're saying today, it's over, it's done, it's not. And Christ is expecting you who have it to share. And Christ is expecting you who are struggling 
to be strong. He will come your way. He will rescue you in due time. So those of you who think that you may have it more than the other and you can do better and you can leave them aside and you can march on and you can say, I don't have to do that. You have a responsibility, my friends, to those that are in need. It may say, it may cost you something. You may say, this is too much of a sacrifice for me to make. That's what God wants you to do. Just like he sacrificed himself on the cross. He wants you to make the sacrifice for others. Not just with the word, but with your hands, with your works. Doing something to help somebody that's down in the gutter, that's struggling for life. That's trying to live and can't, don't seem to make it. Don't you know? You can be the one that helps someone back on their feet. And they can be the one that spread this gospel. It all started with you who helped that person to get off of their feet. So don't you back down today. Philip answered to Christ. 200 penny worth of loaves is not enough. Listen at this man. The man who's there with Christ all the time. He is not coming up with a good conversation at all. His thoughts are far off. 200 penny loaves is not enough. For Philip, this means, this is what it means for him, that neither will the country of Galilee afford so much bread. That's when he talk about not enough. Nor can we afford to put out so much money. And in, in other words, he's saying, Christ, you don't understand it. Look at this country. 200 penny, penny loaf is not enough. The country can't put out so much bread. Look at the people. Look at it. And then in our bags, if you think, I'm not telling you the real thing, Christ, you ask Judas. He's a treasurer. There's no money. Philip sees everything impossible. But out of the impossible, God is going to make it possible. Philip believed that if they do, if they do that, it would only be possible if everyone take just a little. And that's where many folks are today. I am just going to take a little. God has bigger than a little for you. That's the little that Philip faith is. Just a little. Little is his faith sitting before a big God. Where is your faith today? Is your faith just a small faith? And you're standing for a big God saying it won't work. I'll just take a little. When God is saying, I don't want you to take a little. I called you into more. The reason why you sit here on this mountain with me today is because I have more for you. Look where you are on the mountain. I could have taken you somewhere else and talked to you. But I want your faith to be big in me because I'm a big God. I want you to trust me because... I'm a God that can provide anything. I want you to believe in me because I'm a God that makes the impossible possible. But when you sit there and have a Philip faith, all you settle for is just what you are going to get. And my friends, in closing, share what you have. And it may be a little, but share. When you begin to share a little, God will give you more. But if you hold on to the little that you have, you're telling God, you can't give me no more than just this. 
So I'm going to secure my little and I'm going to live like this. When you start releasing the little, you'll find out that God is watching you and notice that you're faithful and you are going to do well. Because what? God, look at the little you have in your hand, but the big faith you have in him. And he say, you're not looking at the circumstances, but you're looking at the source. Why don't you trust your source today so that you can share? You're not sharing because you're not trusting your source. You think when you give it out, you won't have nothing less. Well, I want to surprise you today. You will have because your source is big. Your source is God and he's bigger. He is big, my friends. So don't you sit down and say, I can't give. God is able to give you more than what you think you have. Father, I thank you today in the name of Jesus. You may help many, many that are listening there today to begin to share out of their little. And out of their little, you will make big things happen. But if they put it in their pocket and wrap it up, nothing will come out of it. But when you give it out, you prove yourself. Touch every heart today in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We will continue and wrap this up in another series. God bless you. Please let me hear from you. HBM Outreach 3 at gmail.com. God bless.